sitting here thinking about when I started the first grade, and that's been over 50 years ago that I started the first grade. I had an uncle, Uncle Tom, my father's brother. And the world wasn't politically correct 50 years ago, but Uncle Tom really was not politically correct 50 years ago. He was at the house visiting and I made a mistake of sharing something with him. I had a crush on a girl. So he proceeded to give me advice on how to deal with the crush. He told me to kiss her. <laughs> so the next day at school, and the statute of limitations has run out since that moment, down the road at Hammond Elementary School, I, I learned about cleaning blackboards after class was over with. I should never have listened to my Uncle Tom. I know the answer to the question before I ask it. Have you ever listened to the wrong voice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should let y'all preach today, shouldn't I? Y'all got some stories. And maybe well, the wrong media, the wrong radio, or the wrong television, the wrong show. Uh, I, I have friends who watch too much news, and they concentrate so much on this world, they forget the next. We don't need to do that. Maybe it's a friend who pointed you towards trouble when you were growing up. Maybe some of you were that friend that pointed others towards trouble when you grew up. I've got some people that grew up with me in this room that are very nervous right now. <laughs> Maybe it was a broker with a hot tip, or a brother-in-law with a hot tip. Maybe it's someone that gave you directions that should not give directions. I'm one of the people that should not give directions. If you need someone... <laughs> My wife just said amen. 33 years, and that's the first time she's ever said amen. <laughs> she has a wonderful sense of direction, and I don't. So if you need to know how to get somewhere, you ask Jeannie, because I'm not good with direction. Maybe it's commercial or an advertiser. A couple of weeks ago, Charlie Duncan was at the office, and we were talking about growing older and being sore a lot of the time. Anybody else besides me just sore? Does that, does that get better after you turn 58? I'm hoping when I turn 58 that's the magic number. So Charlie tells me to try these stretches called five Tibetan stretches. Remember that? And he told me you're supposed to do 21 of them, but he had gotten up to 14 or something. So I thought, well, Charlie can do 14. I can do 14. And I began with the first one. The first one on the website that I found, you put your arms out like this. You put your head up like this. Pick a spot, and you start to twirl 21 times. Okay, I'm already dizzy right now after doing one. Uh, I haven't even shared this with Jeannie because she'd have laughed so hard that it would have been a funny week to try it. After a dozen or so, I had to go back to bed. Uh, I started that Monday morning ill because of, of that. So, Charlie, that's not fair to throw you under the bus, but I shouldn't. 
So after Hammond Elementary School, going to Sandy Springs High School, I was probably the smallest one in the eighth grade. I was very short, very skinny, the runt of the litter. And several of my friends were trying out for football, and they talked me into trying out for football. I was the smallest one there. I did not weigh 100 pounds, I know. Maybe 80-something. It was, it was not a football body. And one of the biggest ones there, on the very first day, Steve Wood, who grew up in the road, he's a pastor of the Methodist Church, one of the large Methodist churches in the country. Steve came up to me, and I'd known Steve my whole life, and Steve was like maybe a senior, junior, senior that year. I was a freshman. Steve had been shaving since he was in the sixth grade. You know, just muscle on top of muscle. And he came up to me and said, Shivers, get out of here. You're going to get killed. <laughs> And I said, okay. And I remember just walking on. <laughs> that was my football career. Uh, and every time I talk to Steve, I thank him for saving my life. He doesn't remember it. He's the one that turned out that I should have listened to. So today we're going to talk about words to listen to, who to listen to, and words to avoid, what to avoid. Before we go further, let's pray. Lord, we have two ears, and we hear a lot. And sometimes it's exactly what we should hear and do, and other times it's far from it. Give us wisdom to determine which one. Give us protection. Who and what we listen to. Help us to filter, as we've talked about with our eyes, with our ears. And you help us in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We don't have to go far in Scripture to find trouble. Genesis chapter 2, you know the story very well, most likely. The Lord took God, uh, the Lord God took man, put him in the garden of Eden to till it, to keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, you may eat freely of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day you eat, you shall die. So, that's all they really, that's the only rule they had. Had it made, just, just stay away from that. And as you know, they should have listened to God, but another voice came to the garden. Verse, or chapter 3. The serpent, the devil, was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden nor touch it, or you'll die. But the serpent said to the woman, you'll not die, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open, you'll be like God. We've talked about the eyes. It you'll know good from evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took up its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her. We talked about this with our eyes, but it's so true with the ears. They listened to the wrong voice. God told them what to do. The devil told them what to do. Well, they listened to the wrong voice. And the age-old battle began that we face every day. Do we listen to God or not? Do we listen to the devil? And we have to be so very, very careful. As we grow as Christians, it would be fair to say if we knew it was the devil talking to us, sorry, I shouldn't have pointed at you. If we knew it, 
we knew it was the devil talking to us, we would listen. But the problem is the devil's very stubborn at times. Let me show you what I mean. Exodus chapter 3. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness, came to Hor of the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this with great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, Come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet. The place on which you're standing is holy ground. God said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. The Lord keeps speaking to Moses. I've observed the misery of my people that are in Egypt. I've heard their cry on the account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their suffering. And I've come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to be to a good and broad land, land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hittites, and Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has come to me. I've also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come and I'll send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So in the first ten verses, so far so good. God speaks and Moses listens. In verse 11, Moses begins to argue with God. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? It's interesting what has happened. God calls Moses aside. God tells Moses, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. God tells Moses about his compassion for his people. And God tells Moses he will lead them to their freedom. But somewhere between verse 10 and verse 11, Moses hears a voice. A voice inside. The wrong voice that says, doesn't matter what God says, you can't do that. So, in verse 12, God reassures Moses, I will be with you. This shall be your sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this very mountain. You think that would be enough, but no. Verse 13, Moses is back at it again, listening to the wrong thing. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What, what am I going to tell them? But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's your name? What shall I say to them? Moses continues to argue with God. On into chapter 4. Can you relate with Moses? Probably so. Because we've all done exactly what Moses has done. God tells us to do something and we listen to the wrong voice. 
Maybe then I'm going to do that. Perhaps God has told you to do something. Maybe he's told you to write a book. Or maybe he's told you to witness to a man. Maybe he's told you to stop a bad habit. Maybe he's told you to start a type of ministry. I don't know. It could be a myriad of things. And you said no. We all have. Why? Because we listen to that subtle voice that is the devil in disguise that's going counter to what God has told us to do. Moses didn't hear an audible voice of the devil, but he still heard it the same way we hear it today. When I was a college student, I sang and played the guitar at lots of events. And I was contacted by a restaurant called The Depot in Columbus, Mississippi. They wanted me to come sing there on the weekends, and they were going to pay me lots of money. And for a college student, that was a good deal. But they wanted me to sing in the bar. Well, I was about to go to seminary, and I was minister of youth at a church, and they wanted me to go sing in a bar. And the money was good. I was still very impressionable at the time, and I didn't really know what would have happened to me. And so, and I talked to my dad, and I didn't do it. But I've often wondered if I had listened to the wrong voice, who knows what would have happened to me? I don't know. Let's look at a New Testament example. Mark chapter 2. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home eating Jesus. So many gathered around that. Uh, there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. He was speaking the word to them. And then some people came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. When they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after having dug through it, they let them down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, verse 6 says, Some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your heart? Which is easier to say that it's paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Stand up, take your mat, go to your home. Verse 12. And he stood up. And immediately took the mat and went out before all of them. So that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. So Jesus speaks. He says, Your sins are forgiven. And the man moves on. He had a choice then and there. Listen to God. Jesus speaking directly to him. Or listen to the other voices. I've always been like this. I'll never change. 
there's no hope. The man chose to listen to Jesus. Let's apply this to our lives. Do we listen to Jesus? Or do we listen to the world? Dear friends of ours had a baby this week. They sent us pictures. Doctors told them that it was impossible for them to have a baby. Now they have three. They chose not to listen. You know, that's really us on the mat in this story, isn't it? God speaks to us about a lot of different things. Do we listen? Do we get up? Do we accept His forgiveness? Or do we wallow in it? I spoke to someone yesterday about a family member of theirs. I quote what he told me. He said, He loved everybody but Himself. That's very sad. Maybe our mat is self-image. We like Moses say, you know, I can't do that. Not me, get somebody else. And God says, I've got something special for you. Who are you going to listen to? Maybe you're mad, and this is a very popular one, is a mad of guilt. And you say, man, I've been too bad, I've done too much, and I've waited too long. And God has some words for those of us that might think that. Look at this, Isaiah 118. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Psalm 103.12, about my sin and your sin. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgression from us. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John 3, 17. God did not send the Son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So if you're on that mat, who are you going to listen to? The world? Or God himself that made you and knows you better than you know yourself? As you know, Moses finally listened to God. He quit arguing and started doing well, great things happen. Things so great, in fact, that it changed millions of lives in generation after generation of people. Is it a stretch to say, if we listen to the right voice, we too can change millions and millions of lives in generation after generation of people? There's a good chance you're here today because someone before you listened to God and influenced you. A family member What will you do with that call? It's a struggle every day of our lives. We need to listen to the right voice. And when we do that, wonderful things happen. Let's pray.